Well, good morning. It is Monday, January 15th, 2024. Monday, January 15th, 2024. Slava Ukraine. Heroium Slava. Uh, today is Iowa's freezing cold caucuses. Uh, people, I suppose, are showing up uh, so they can uh, get together and fight about who's going to be running for president. Uh, happy Martin Luther King Day, by the way. Uh, listen to, I, this is my suggestion to celebrate Martin Luther King. Listen to the song Spiritual High Part 3 by the Mood Swings. A nice song, really nice song. Uh, it, it samples Martin Luther King's uh, I Have a Dream speech. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV podcast, those four words, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Can I just say how much I appreciate you in case I didn't ever told you that before? Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you today or uh, tomorrow. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me or X to me. Questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. Uh, let's start as we usually do with the, uh, well, let's get a sip of coffee here. But uh, the uh, war in Ukraine. <sighs> Leaders of talks on Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's uh, peace formula said a growing number of countries are working to help set the groundwork for Russia to join one day. Yeah, doubtful. Ukrainian officials hailed it as a good sign that the number of participants in a string of conferences on Zelensky's peace formula was growing, nearly half from Europe as well as 18 from Asia and 12 from Africa. The fourth such meeting of national security advisors was held in the Swiss town of Davos, where Zelensky is set to attend the uh, World Economic Forum's annual meeting starting tomorrow. You know, two, two, uh, two birds with one stone. Uh, however, there was no delegation from China present for the peace talks part. Yeah. Uh, Moscow, which hasn't been invited to any of the meetings, has dismissed the initiative as biased well, you know what? Maybe if you showed up and agreed to peace, it wouldn't be so biased. North Korean Foreign Minister Cho Son-hui is in Moscow from January 15th to the 17th at the invitation of Russia's Foreign Minister, Sergei Lapdog Lavrov. The Kremlin said Russia was developing re- relations with our partner, North Korea, in all areas and would build on agreements reached between the country's leaders when they met at a Russian space launch center earlier, uh, um, uh, space launch center last year, uh, when they got together and decided to sell arms to him. Yeah. They seem to forget to mention the missiles and weapons being provided, though. <clears throat> Russian state news agency, RIA, reports. Russian Foreign and Defense Ministers Sergei Lapdog Lavrov and Sergei Shogu have held telephone calls with their Iranian counterparts today. Russia and Iran have drawn close in recent months. Shocking, shocking. And Iran has provided Russia with weaponry to use uh, in Ukraine. The two sides have also criticized Israeli actions in the Gaza Strip. Now, Iran 
is just on the other side of the sea from Russia. It's just south on the southern border of uh, which which big big sea is that? Is that the Black Sea? I think that's the Black Sea. Uh, Vadim Skibitsky, the deputy head of Ukraine's military intelligence agency, HUR, said in an interview with RBC uh, Ukraine, published today, that Russia is mobilizing about 1,000 to 1,100 recruits to its armed forces every single day. The UK's Ministry of Defense said that Russia has probably substantially inflated the number of people who it says have joined the country's armed forces with new recruits being disproportionately drawn from some of Russia's most impoverished and rural communities, you know, where you can't afford to eat, so you might as well get the army to pay for your food. Alexei Uminsky, a prominent liberal priest in Russia, faces expulsion from the Russian Orthodox Church for refusing to read out a prayer asking God to guide Russia to victory over Ukraine. Yeah. You know, Jesus was all about them beating them Ukrainians. (laughs) A church court said Uminsky should be expelled from the holy orders for violating his priestly oath. I would say that the Orthodox Church should be expelled from Christianity. Uh, Russian poet Lev Rubinstein, a key figure of the Soviet underground library scene who signed an open letter condemning the invasion of Ukraine as a criminal war and accused the Kremlin of lies, died days after being hit by a car in Moscow. I guess they couldn't catch him while he was on a balcony. Uh, The Swedish Defense uh, uh, Material Administration said it signed an agreement with the Nordic Ammunition Company to increase the production and delivery of 155mm artillery ammunition to support Ukraine, which they desperately need. Oleg Gumenyuk, the former mayor of the far eastern Russian city of Vladivostok, who was jailed for 12 years after being found guilty of corruption, eh, probably signed a deal because he is fighting on the front line in Ukraine after signing up for the military. Uh, Russian media uh, reported that uh, Gumenyuk reported for duty on December 22nd. Yep, yep, you want out of prison? All you got to do is fight in the war. Uh, The Washington-based institute for... And you know what? They They have released so many prisoners in Russia, there's going to be a problem in the future, let me tell you. Uh, The Washington-based Institute for the Study of War, think tank, said Russian forces will likely try to sustain or intensify localized offensive operations throughout eastern Ukraine in an attempt to seize and retain the initiative regardless of weather conditions. But it added uh, that they were unlikely to make any significant breakthroughs. Kyiv's military chief said today, Ukraine shot down a Russian spy plane and airborne command center. After reports of the incident had circulated for hours, Ukrainian Army Chief Valery uh, Zaluzhny uh, claimed that Ukraine's Air Force destroyed two of Russia's top-class aircraft, namely the A-50 long-range radar detection aircraft and an IL-22 air control post, both crucial for orchestrating movements in the battlefield. 
Zaluzhny said in a post on Telegram, thanks to the Air Force for the excellently planned and conducted operation in Azov region. He did not specify <clears throat> the extent of the damage or how exactly the planes uh, were shot down. An interactive map he shared appeared to indicate the planes were shot down over the northern sea of Azov, uh, which is uh, east of uh, the Black Sea. I'm sorry, the... Yeah, east of the Black Sea. Iran isn't on the Black Sea. Ugh. Wow, I said that earlier, didn't I? <sighs> anyway, uh, if the claims are true, shooting down the two planes would mark one of the U Ukraine's biggest success against Russia's superior air power since the beginning of the war. It could also deal a blow to the Kremlin's military operations in southern Ukraine. Uh, Ukrainian uh, Air Force spokes, uh, spokesman Uri Ignat said that the IL-22 plane may have made it back to land and was not fully destroyed, but added that the A-50 aircraft was the priority target. According to the Russian Defense Ministry, the A-50 Early Warning and Guidance Aircraft is used to detect and identify airborne objects and track their location and movements, which means that uh, Ukraine could uh, essentially send a lot of missiles uh, that cannot be tracked, possibly, maybe that will happen. We will see. A Russian governor of the Kursk region said a man was injured after an alleged Ukrainian drone attack on the village of Tekino, which is located on the border with Ukraine's Sumy region. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. So what will the number be? 30,000 dead? Which is about what it is right now. 50,000 dead? How about 100,000 dead? How many... Will Biden allow to be murdered in Gaza and the West Bank before he's decided that Netanyahu has to go? That Israel will no longer be supported for their genocide. Yesterday, Axios, the news organization, reported that President Joe Biden and other administration officials are becoming increasingly frustrated with the Israeli government's intransigence on the situation in Gaza. One unnamed official said, the situation sucks and we are stuck. The president's patience is running out. Uh, Senator Chris Von Hollen, a Democrat from my home state of Maryland, a close ally of the president, argued that Israel, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, has given Biden the finger at every turn. Van Hollen and administrative uh, administration officials are pleading with Netanyahu coalition but getting slapped in the face over and over again. Jeremy Scahill of The Intercept said something different. And you know what? I, I, I respect both outlets, so I don't know what to think here. Scahill tweeted, let's unpack this. We are supposed to believe Biden's patience is running out with Israel while he offers full political support, gives emergency munitions to fuel the slaughter in Gaza, and is trying to shield his great, great friend Bibi from international law. Uh, Bibi is... Netanyahu. He says, from international law. Okay? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, demanding a ceasefire. 
an estimated 400,000 people marched in Washington, D.C. on Saturday. The march also asked for the end of Israeli aid, which I've been calling for for God knows how long. A lot longer than since before October 7th. I've been saying that we should not be sending Israel aid for numerous reasons. Numerous reasons. Specifically, the stealing of land in the West Bank, but numerous other reasons. Um, but yeah, um, I think this was a leak that Biden's patience is running out because he wants to seem like uh, he's trying to be on the side of the American people, but he's not. So I, I think I'm going to have to go with um, Scahill on this, honestly. Uh, we now may be dragged into war because of Biden's stupidity, in fact, uh, today. And I'm calling it stupidity. He really needs to pick up on, on, on some remarks by 80% of the damn public. Today, Houthi rebels fired a missile striking a U.S.-owned ship just off the coast of Yemen in the Gulf of Aden. Less than a day after they launched an anti-ship cruise missile toward an American destroyer in the Red Sea. The Gulf of Aden is uh, the gulf that leads to the Red Sea and borders Yemen on the north of that, that gulf. Uh, the attack on the Gibraltar Eagle, though not immediately claimed by the Houthis, uh, uh, by the Houthis, uh, further uh, escalate has further escalated tensions. Uh, the UK uh, Maritime Trade Operations, which oversees Mideast waters, said Monday attack happened some 110 miles. Uh, which is like uh, 180 kilometers um, southeast of Aden. It said the ship's captain reported that the port side of the vessel hit from above by a missile. Uh, Central Command said the ship has reported no injuries or significant damage and is continuing its journey. The vessel is owned by Eagle Bulk Shipping, a Stanford, Connecticut-based firm, traded on the New York Stock Exchange. In a statement to the AP, the company acknowledged the strike and said it caused limited damage to the cargo hold, uh, but the ship is stable and is heading out of the area. The firm said all seafarers on board the vessel are confirmed to be uninjured. Uh, the vessel is carrying a cargo of steel products. It wasn't presently clear whether the U.S. would retaliate for the latest attacks, though Biden has said he will not hesitate to direct further measures to protect our people and the free flow of international commerce as necessary. And I would fully expect a Biden uh, counterattack today. I would fully expect that. Uh, the World Economic Forum started in Davos, as we uh, talked about minutes ago, uh, in Davos, Switzerland, after uh, those Ukraine uh, peace talks. U.S. diplomats have been worried uh, about the size and intent of the Chinese delegation in Switzerland. U.S.-Chinese tensions are rising once more over the fate of Taiwan. As you know, they elected a really anti-Chinese president uh, in Taiwan. Uh, and it drew Beijing's ire over the weekend by, like I said, electing the, the, a party that has called for independence from China. The Chinese delegation is expected to spend time in the Swiss capital, Bern, and Davos, uh, the scene of this week's forum. 
Blinken will be in Davos on Tuesday and Wednesday, holding an array of meetings and delivering at least one public speech to the crowd, which is heavy on business leaders. Uh, so they don't care about anybody like you and I. Uh, Chinese Premier Li Kuang often described as number two to the uh, leader Xi Jinping, is leading the delegation uh, from Beijing. A U.S. official familiar with the matter said Zelensky may meet today with Chinese officials in Bern. Uh, while in Davos, Blinken is set to meet with Zelensky, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, and German Foreign Minister Annalena Burbeck, among others. Uh, they really got to get some aid to Ukraine ironed out until... The Republicans get off their get their thumbs out of their ass and start doing something. Uh, we talked last Friday about the petition by the Department of Justice at the Supreme Court levied against Texas because they were not letting federal border guards do their job. Now, stunning allegations. The drowning of a woman and two young children along the U.S.-Mexico border have sparked outrage after it was reported that U.S. Border Patrol agents attempting a rescue operation were denied access to the area by Texas security officials operating under the direction of Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican. Yes, that's right. All of you across the border who want to get retribution for what I allege is the murder of innocent civilians by Governor Greg Abbott should target Governor Greg Abbott. That's what The Hague would do before going after the Texas authorities who acted under his direction. According to Texas Public Radio, on Friday night, Border Patrol agents nearby learned from Mexican officials that a group of migrants were in distress. They tried to call the Texas Department of Public Safety and Texas National Guard unsuccessfully and then drove over to Shelby Park uh, according to Congressman Henry Quaylar, who was briefed on the matter, Quaylar said Border Patrol agents then made physical contact with the Texas Military Department and the Texas National Guard in the Shelby Park entrance gate and verbally relayed the information. However, Texas Military Department soldiers stated they would not grant access to migrants even in the event of an emergency and that they would send a soldier to investigate the situation. Let them drown. Who gives a f flying crap? Uh, the bodies of the migrant women and two children were eventually recovered by Mexican authorities. In his statement, Quaylar called the events a tragedy and that the state of Texas bears responsibility. White House spokesperson uh, Angelo Fernandez Hernandez, uh, the, the apparently Dr. Seuss character, Angelo Fernandez Hernandez, confirmed that Texas soldiers blocked U.S. Border Patrol from attempting to provide emergency assistance to the migrants in distress. He said, while we continue to gather facts about the circumstances of these tragic deaths, one thing is clear. Governor Abbott's political stunts are cruel inhumane and dangerous. Representative Joaquin Castro of Texas placed the blame for Friday's loss of life squarely on Governor Abbott and other officials in the state who support the policy. Castro said, this is what Operation Lone Star looks like on the ground. Texas officials blocked Border Patrol agents from doing their job and allowed two children to drown in the Rio Grande. Governor Abbott's inhumanity has no limit. Everyone who enables his cruelty has blood on their hands.
Uh, the American Civil uh, Liberties Union, the ACLU, on Friday filed suit against Governor Abbott in Texas over the SB4's uh, over the state's SB4 that seeks to permit local and state law enforcement to arrest and detain people they suspect to have entered the state from another country without federal authorization. As the federal government, not individual states, are responsible for enforcing immigration policies and border security in the U.S., the ACLU has warned that SB4 is not only harmful to migrants and those seeking asylum, but also unlawful. And let's not forget, under SB4, if you, let's say your native language is Spanish and you are a citizen and you leave home without your driver's license, they can arrest you and deport you without any proof. The Biden administration on Sunday demanded that Texas officials stop blocking federal border patrol agents from entering a section of the U.S. southern border. Jonathan Mayer, the top lawyer at DHS, in his letter to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, warned if Texas National Guard does not comply with the Biden administration's request and stop its efforts to block border patrol access to a public park in the border town of Eagle Pass, The Department of Homeland Security will refer the matter to the Justice Department and consider other options. And what does other options mean? Does this mean physical altercation between DHS and Texas law enforcement? Will uh, will Texas law enforcement be, be detained by DHS? DHS gave Texas until the end of the day on Wednesday to relent. Meyer wrote, if you have not confirmed by January 17th, 2024, that Texas will cease its efforts to block Border Patrol access in and around Shelby Park area and will remove all barriers to access to the U.S.-Mexican border, we will refer the matter to the Department of Justice for appropriate action and will explore all other available options to restore Border Patrol access to the border. Myers added... State law cannot be used to stop federal agents from conducting these state-authorized activities. So Trump keeps losing cases. Have you noticed that? Trump loses a lot of court cases. I mean, nonstop. It's pretty funny. And he keeps on having to shell out tons and tons of money. $370 million coming, right? Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Trump keeps losing cases. U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan ruled on Sunday that Trump's legal team cannot present an interview to the jury that E. Jean Carroll did with CNN's Anderson Cooper in 2019 or suggest that Carroll hoped to garner media attention for her book in order to boost sales as a way to discredit her. Ha <laughs> ha. That was his only defense. I hate Remember... He's the idiot. When he lost the case, the day he lost the case against E. Jean Carroll for defamation, the day he lost it, he stepped outside the courtroom and made the same remarks that launched the case. And another case was launched against him for doing the same damn thing he just got uh, sued for $5 million for doing. What an idiot. Sorry, Trump. Your mouth has cost you even more money. 
Trump's losing streak continues. Uh, the judge in uh, the uh, second E. Jean Carroll defamation trial may, uh, and the, he may give an opportunity uh, for Trump to testify in the trial days after his defense lawyers rested their case. Uh, Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, had requested that the defamation trial, which is scheduled to begin tomorrow, I guess the prosecution side, be adjourned for a week because the former president said he would be traveling to Florida on Wednesday and Thursday for his mother-in-law's funeral. Uh, Judge Lewis Kaplan wrote that a delay would disrupt and inconvenience prospective jurors, counsel, court staff, and security arrangements. Roberta Kaplan, an attorney for Carroll, wrote in an email to Haba, any delay would be severely prejudicial, uh, that Trump was near email... Uh, near, I'm sorry, that Trump was near certain to assert scheduling conflicts again, and that, like he always does, and he is still defaming Carroll on a nearly daily basis in connection with his campaign. She also proposed the accommodation that the court agreed to allow Trump to testify on January 22nd, six days after his mother-in-law's uh, funeral, uh, but that the court, uh, the case will continue. <laughs> Trump was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation of Carroll, at a separate trial last May, and the judge repeatedly extended deadlines to accommodate Trump's schedule and allow him to testify. Trump did not. So he's doing the same thing he did last time. Uh, Kaplan continued that president uh, precedent Saturday, offering to delay the end of the trial if Trump wanted to come to court on Monday, January 22nd, to testify. It is unclear if Trump will accept the offer, which would mean being in New York the day before the Republican primary in New Hampshire. It's just a delay tactic. He doesn't care. I, he doesn't care about the funeral of his mother-in-law. You think he really cares about the funeral of his damn mother-in-law? He wasn't with his wife when she went to see her, see her at the hospital. You think he gives a crap about her? About that funeral? No, he doesn't. He's using it as an excuse right now. Come on. I, anybody that thinks Trump cares about somebody that died, he's a sociopath. He's proven it millions of times. He's a complete sociopath. He doesn't care if anybody dies. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's horny and he's going to the funeral because he wants to screw his wife. Uh, that's the only reason he would go. He doesn't care about somebody's death. Come on. I, uh, you know what? Let's move on. I, to another, yet another lost case by Trump. Uh, Trump sued the New York Times and the reporters over a 2018 investigation into his finances and taxes that was based in part on confidential tax records. The resulting series of articles on Trump won a Pulitzer. <laughs> Trump's claim all along was that he was a self-made man and made it with a, with only a million dollars of seed money. Okay. Okay. Let's set aside the fact that anyone could set themselves up for life with a million dollars, provided they didn't, you know, blow it all, right? Any intelligent person could do that. But he said, oh, I only had a million dollars to set my life up. But guess what? That amount he got was considerably more. Among those articles was one 
that I, that I read this morning titled, Trump engaged in suspect tax schemes as he reaped riches from his father. The president has long sold himself as a self-made billionaire, but a Times investigation found that he received at least $413 million in today's dollars from his father's real estate empire, much of it through tax dodges in the 1990s. Uh, much of this money came uh, to Trump because he helped his parents dodge taxes. He and his siblings set up a sham corporation to disguise millions of dollars in gifts from their parents. I, uh, by the way, I should mention tax fraud. Uh, there's a statute of limitations uh, on tax fraud. But the fees that you have to pay because of all those tax dodgings, uh, there's no statute of limitations on that. Anyway, records indicate that uh, Trump helped his father take improper tax deductions worth millions more. He also helped formulate a strategy to undervalue his parents' real estate holdings by hundreds of millions of dollars on tax returns, sharply reducing the tax bill when those properties were transferred to him and his siblings. Wow, sounds familiar, doesn't it? So this, this New York fraud trial is actually based on a history with Trump and him paying only $370 million is actually just a drop in the bucket compared to the massive fraud he's done in the several decades. What, 40 years now? Are we going on 40 years? He defrauded everyone, including those who bought his book of lies on how he made it. The president's parents, Fred and Mary Trump, transferred well over a billion dollars and wealth to their children, which could have produced a tax bill of at least $550 million under the 55% tax rate that imposed on gifts and inheritances. The Trumps paid a total of $52 million on that billion dollars, more than a billion dollars, uh, or about 5%. So Trump didn't like the article painting him as a fraud, and he decided to sue the New York Times. Trump's suit, which had sought 100, 100 million in damages, accused the newspaper and reporters of engaging in what he called an insidious plot with Mary Trump to obtain his tax records for the articles. The suit alleged, alleged the defendants had a personal vendetta against Trump. Judge Robert Reed tossed out Trump's suit against the Times and its journalist in May, saying that his claims fall as a matter of constitutional law. That's not what all this was about that he just lost this weekend. Uh, anyway, but back then, Reed wrote, courts had, uh, have long recognized the reporters are in entitled to engage in legal and ordinary news gathering act activities without fear of tort liability as these actions are at the very core protected First Amendment activity. Uh, Reed's ruling in May included an order that Trump pay attorney's fees and other legal costs of the New York Times and those three reporters, Susan Craig, David Barstow, and Russ Boutinier. The Times then asked for costs totaling $229,921 for the newspaper and $162,717 for the reporters, submitting the invoices to substantiate that request. 
This is what this case was about that he just lost. Trump opposed the request, arguing that he should not have to pay anything or that the amount should be significantly reduced because the invoice allegedly included unjustified or dupl duplicative work and exorbitant hourly rate. I, Trump, every single bill Trump gets, he goes to court. And tries to get it reduced to, you know, 10% on the dollar. He does it for everything. He does it in business. He does it for everything. Uh, okay. Let me explain how business works. I knew of a sub shop, shop chain uh, in Maryland when I was growing up. This chain had, I, I think it had 40 or 50 stores. And it would never paid its, its food bills. Right? That's how it made profit. It never paid its food bills. And then a, 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 a food... Um, uh, supply company would say, okay, I can't, we can't give you any more food until you pay your past bills. And he said, okay, fine. And then they would go with a different food supplier for their, for their food, for their sub shot, for their 40 or 50, uh, uh, chain store. Right. Cause anybody would be glad to get it. And then they would go to court and they would settle 10% on the dollar. By the time they settled in court, the new company they had done, they had rung up all these bills. And they said, oh, sorry, we can't give you any more money, uh, any more food, unless you pay your old bill. And then that company would say, oh, okay, we'll just go with somebody else. And then the other company that had just sued them wanted the business and would go to them for it. And they, they, he would just rotate, uh, the company would just rotate businesses that they would defraud. That's basically what Trump does as a businessman. That's standard business 101. Anyway. <laughs> so he does that with everything. So anyway, he, he tried to do it here. But the judge, Reed, found that the requested amount was reasonable. A New York judge on Friday ordered Donald Trump to pay the New York Times and three of its reporters nearly $400,000 to cover their legal costs for a lawsuit filed by the former president that was dismissed last year. Ha! <laughs> How much has he paid in the last year? I mean, that, what is it, like, I mean, total, it's got to be like $10 million, every, every court case he's lost. I don't know, man, and more are coming. More are coming. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it's dropping a bucket compared to what, what he owns, but he's about to lose his business empire in New York. Man. Anyway, the bitter, bitter cold today will likely change who shows up in the caucuses in Iowa. Uh, this might be good for Nikki Haley, though I'm unsure. I, you'd think that the youth would show up no matter what the weather, but then again, the youth might say, yeah, it's kind of cold. I want to sit at home and, you know, make out with my wife. I don't know. Or with my husband. Uh, but this is about, really, it's not about the caucus. Though the caucus is going on tonight, we'll know more about that tomorrow. Uh, this is about global warming and the effect it has on the atmosphere and the extra moisture and the problems associated with the moisture and the snow and the ice and eh. the ironically named ERCOT, the Energy Reliability Council of Texas, has asked Texans to conserve. Honestly, since those deaths and billions and damages a few years ago when, when uh, Ted Cancun Cruz was in Cancun, Texas has not done too bad. And they've had a few problems, you know, rolling back, blackouts, stuff like that. ERCOT 
Ask people to voluntarily conserve, uh, voluntarily conserve electricity Monday from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. as bitterly cold weather is expected to drive up energy demand and reduce electric reserves on the power grid. Of course, uh, uh, conserve 6 to 10 a.m. Why? Because solar power saves them. Because solar pa- the panels, when the light comes on, it's not, it's not the coal and, and gas. It's solar that saves them. Earlier in the week, officials had said they expected normal operations through the mid-January freezes as ample electric reserves were expected. In other words, oops, they were wrong. ERCOT wrote Sunday, due to continued freezing temperatures, very high demand and unseasonably low wind, Operating reserves for the Texas power grid are expected to be uh, below Monday morning, January 15th, prior to the solar ramp-up. If energy supply remains insufficient after these tactics are exhausted, controlled outages, often called rolling blackouts, become an option of last resort, which is what Texans laughed at Californians about before it happened to them. And and they said the wind. They mentioned the wind because of their wind. They also have wind power in Texas. And a low wind means less power generated. You know, I, I, Texas, ah, you know what? Having a separate uh, power grid that's privately owned hasn't been a good idea, but they're learning as they go, I suppose. Uh, So let's continue. With those stories on global warming that we had last week, we had the hottest air temperatures of the year in the last 125,000 years. We had the hottest ocean water temperatures in history. Remember those temperatures we talked about? Over 100 degrees in the Bahamas and off the coast of Florida. And this is only the beginning of the parabolic curve that will wipe out humanity. The U.S. National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, maintain separate temperature records, as do other institutions and scientists worldwide. Both U.S. agencies confirmed Friday that not only was 2023 by far the warmest year on record, it also capped off the hottest decade ever documented. Bill Nelson, NASA's administrator, said... NASA and NOAA's Global Temperature Report confirms what billions of people around the world experienced last year. We are facing a climate crisis. From from extreme heat to wildfires to rising sea levels, we can see our Earth is changing. Gavin Schmidt, director of NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies, said the exceptional warming that we're experiencing is not something we've seen before in human history. It's driven primarily by our fossil fuel emissions, and we're seeking the impacts in heat waves, intense rainfall, and coastal flooding. You know what? You mean like like a lot of moisture in the air that causes a lot of snow and ice going all over the United States? The, fir- the, the, the non-stop coast-to-coast uh, weather patterns that are happening summer and winter? Do you ever remember that in history? No. It didn't happen like that in history. Anyway. Uh, 
Sarah Kapnick, the agency chief scientist, said that after seeing the 2023 climate analysis, I have to pause and say that the findings are astounding. Not only was 2023 the warmest year in NOAA's 174 climate record, it was the warmest by far. A warming planet means we need to be prepared for the impact of climate change that are happening here and now, like extreme weather events that become both more frequent and severe. And my belief, my personal belief, is that all these words that they are saying, all these words about how bad it's becoming, are actually sugar-coated. Think about it. Every single week, another scientist comes out and says, Oh, wow. I didn't expect this. We are screwed. Anyway. Welcome to Monday. Uh, 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 and, and happy uh, Martin Luther King Day. That's it. Thanks for listening. Monday, January 15th, 2024. Monday, Jan... Is it the 15th? Is it the 15th? Yes, Monday, January 15th, 2024. Monday, January 15th, 2024. Uh, I really appreciate you. Bring someone with you tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.